Coretta Jackson helps those at risk in Bloomington Normal navigate a convoluted healthcare system. We love to say, let's meet people where they are, but medically in Bloomington Normal, if we're meeting people where they are, then we need to take a few more steps. That's coming up on WGLT's Sound Ideas. Good afternoon, I'm John Norton. On today's show, it's a deep dive into the highs and lows of community health workers on a special edition of Sound Ideas. This is to show how people like Parrish Phillip often fall through the cracks. She advocated for it and she went to bat for me. Hear about a new initiative that aims to bring health care to those whose only access is the emergency room. People that can't get care the same way that you or I might be able to get care deserve to receive it in the same way that, that we might. Those stories follow a Bloomington Normal News update, which is next. This is WGLT Sound Ideas on 89.1 FM and WGLT.org, part of the NPR network. Support for WGLT comes from Bloomington Normal Audiology. Hear My Story continues with local patient Ryan Fuller and his mother Stephanie. It was definitely worth it. It was evident from the get-go that they were so caring and compassionate and patient <laughs> with a young guy like him. <laughs> Ryan and Stephanie's full story can be found at bnaudiology.com. From the campus of Illinois State University in Normal, this is WGLT's news magazine, Sound Ideas. I'm John Norton. Every so often on WGLT, we'll bring you the story of an unsung community servant who's making Bloomington Normal a better place to be. It's a series we call More of That, Please. And on today's Sound Ideas, you'll hear about community health worker Coretta Jackson. Jackson's job is to connect Bloomington Normal's unhoused population with holistic medical care. As part of Chestnut Health's Medicaid Innovation Collaborative, Jackson helps at-risk McLean County residents with navigating a convoluted system that often leaves out the most vulnerable. In this WGLT exclusive, our Lauren Warnicke shares the highs and lows of community health work by spending the day with Jackson and meeting a few of her clients. Inconsistency is pretty much the only thing Coretta Jackson can count on. Jackson is a community health worker employed by Chestnut Health Services, a job she's had a little over a year. Jackson's role with Chestnut Health is supported by a grant called the Medicaid Innovation Collaborative, or MIC for short, the five-year initiative is made possible through funding from the Illinois Department of Health and Family Services. In 2021, Governor J.B. Pritzker allocated $94.3 million for the healthcare transformation collaboratives. Three million people in Illinois receive health insurance through Medicaid. MIC is one of 10 initiatives throughout the state aimed at increasing equitable access to healthcare. And Central Illinois received five of the $18 million allocated to Medicaid innovation. And the purpose there is to bridge the health inequity gap. And that's Austin Howell, Director of Integrated Community Services for Chestnut Health. And there's a number of programs that we have at Chestnut that play into that MIC umbrella, one of which is the Community Health Worker Program. Another is a food pharmacy in which we're giving access to healthy, nutritious food options directly to our patients via a prescription of sorts. So someone will see a doctor and get prescribed free use of a healthy food pharmacy. We've got a dental clinic that'll provide access to necessary dental care to the Medicaid population. And then I think, I don't know if it's directly involved. It might be 
somewhat adjacent to the MIC, but we're going to be working on a residency program that improves the number of provider slots we have and increases the number of patients that we can help in the community. One goal of the MIC program is to identify people who consistently use the emergency room for routine care and to connect them with a primary care physician and technological tools that can help them monitor conditions like type 2 diabetes and hypertension. Community health workers assist clients through that process. Everything starts with a primary care physician. If people have regular relationships with a primary care physician, then the ER would not be an option. That's Coretta Jackson, one of three community health workers currently at Chestnut Health. By the end of 2023, Chestnut hopes to have eight community health workers on staff and eventually expand service to rural McLean County and initiate a mobile unit that can reach people where they are. Jackson specifically serves Bloomington Normal's unhoused population which can complicate things. They may not be in Bloomington long enough to establish primary care, so you'll see them at an ED in Bloomington in April, and then they're at an ED in Champaign in, in March, you know, and then come May, they're in Peoria at St. Francis, so you'll see the pattern. Overall, it, it's really the concerning factor of these people are coming to use emergency services for preventative care. At-risk McLean County residents, such as the unhoused, are four times more likely to use the emergency room. Howard says that reducing ER visits is not the sole goal of the MIC program. That's okay. certainly a very important byproduct of the work, yeah. um, but it's really just bridging the health gap. So people that can't get care the same way that you or I might be able to get care deserve to receive it in the same way that, that we might. And to that end, we're sending the care to them. That's effectively all it is. As a community health worker, Coretta Jackson is not a licensed social worker or a health care provider. She does not provide treatment, counseling, or prescribe medication. Her primary role is to connect clients who are either uninsured or on Medicaid to health services. Often, this involves navigating a convoluted, confusing system, something Jackson knows all about. Like, I've been on both sides of the medical coin um, as a Medicaid patient, and then now with private insurance through my employer. On any given day, Jackson could be helping her clients sign up for Medicaid or make a doctor's appointment. But she also looks for what she calls social determinants of health. A holistic view of health, she says, includes more than getting a physical or your teeth cleaned. We treat the person, the whole person, um, as opposed to just picking apart what our role says we're supposed to assist them with. So in any moment, Jackson could also be securing transportation to those doctor's appointments, finding stable housing and employment, seeking educational opportunities and job training, navigating Connect Transit, or renewing an expired link card used for food purchases. In advocating for her clients' needs and goals, she also spends a lot of time on hold. Thank you for calling the Illinois Department of Human Services. This call may be recorded for quality and training purposes. Please listen carefully as our menu options have changed. SNAP customers, emergency SNAP allotments are ending February 28, 2023. You will only receive your regular monthly benefit beginning in March. You are encouraged to visit aid.illinois.gov and update your account information with any changes to ensure you receive the maximum benefits for which you are eligible. 
Jackson alternates between Home Sweet Home Ministries and the Salvation Army throughout her work week. She takes appointments from a sign-up sheet in the mornings and spends afternoons at the Junction, a free community center across the parking lot from Home Sweet Home. Some mornings are busy, others are not. On this particular morning, Jackson had just one appointment with a woman named Amanda. I was looking for just the programs and what you guys, what you guys had, the, what kind of programs you guys had, and things like that. Um, I do know I need to work on my getting my link card renewed. Um, I'm looking for a job. Employment. Just getting myself back on my feet as fast as possible. Amanda arrived in Bloomington several months ago after fleeing a domestic violence situation. After a few questions, Jackson tried to get into Amanda's online account to renew her link card. Amanda pulled out a few clothes, a toiletry bag, and a Bible to get at her wallet in the bottom of her backpack. Your snap balance is zero dollars and 44 cents. To hear that again, press one. If you're done, you can end the call now by hanging up or wait for more options. To select a new PIN or change your PIN, press one to report a lost, stolen, or damaged card or to cancel an authorized representative's card, press two. To hear your last 10 transactions on your card, press three. For additional options, press four. For information on where to use your card, press one. For instructions on card usage, press two. For PEBT benefit schedule, press three. For other state benefit eligibility questions, press four. To return to the main menu, press star. Okay. I did try this. And that, it was it was really hard to get through to anyone. So uh, the best option is probably just to walk up there. You want to go? <laughs> It'd be easier. This is Sound Ideas. I'm Lauren Warnicke. Community health worker Coretta Jackson says a perpetual challenge is ensuring that once her clients are connected to health care services, they are treated fairly. Jackson says Medicaid recipients face challenges people with private insurance are less likely to encounter. There are four managed care plans in Bloomington normal. One of those plans is only accepted by one provider in Bloomington. One. So that's already telling everybody else with Medicaid at that provider's office, you're not welcome. That is especially true for unhoused individuals. There's literally nowhere else to go but up. But it's hard to go up when you've got people with their hands down. And a lot of my clients experience that with having Medicaid. It, it's, it feels like they're being held down and held back from being able to progress physically. And Jackson says even the providers who take Medicaid may not treat all patients the same. There's a difference whether or not people want to admit it, but there's a difference in care. Um, there is a difference in how patients feel when they arrive to the clinic. Um, a lot of them don't know what services they are owed because it is something that we owe them. But it sounds like that education needs to happen on both sides of the equation, that it's not, it's not solely the responsibility of the patient to know their rights and responsibilities and that there is 
you know, bias against people who are unhoused or who are perhaps on Medicaid. So how have you encountered that in your work? Oh, it's it, it definitely the education does belong on both sides. Uh, we've had several, s- several people who have come back to just tell stories of how people treat them and how they've been looked at. Um, I've assisted a client uh, in scheduling him a doctor's appointment, um, giving demographics to the um, woman on the other end of the line was probably not the greatest of interactions, but it was a learning moment for both her and my client as well. Um, Giving the demographics, we gave the address to um, the shelter where my client was residing and the woman on the other end knew that he was unhoused, had said it through the conversation several times. We talked about transportation and phone numbers being used. So she knew exactly where he lived and giving the address, she kind of kind of scoffed and asked him, is this address a house? And we had just told her. Um, as a community health worker, I would love to talk to some people in medical offices just so they have a better understanding of what Medicaid patients go through. And it's not their fault that they have Medicaid. I mean, it would be great if everybody could have one Medicaid plan straight across the board, but then you have the breakdown of the different plans. So it's another picking and choosing of who we want to accept. I don't know if the VPs of these managed care plans can see the trickle-down effect of what's happening, but it's to me it's clear. Jackson says asking for and receiving help is difficult for many people. For her, a win would be walking into a doctor's office and seeing a former client managing their care on their own. That is a huge thing, is having the confidence to know that in reality, we as patients run the doctor's appointment. The doctor might be the expert on the condition, but you're the expert on you and your body. That is especially true for people in need of psychiatric care, and McLean County has a significant behavioral health gap. In a 2022 community health needs assessment, McLean County Community Health Council selected behavioral health as a significant need. And among the unhoused, mental illness rates are double that of the general population. According to the American Psychological Association, people with substance and other mental health disorders experience even greater barriers to accessible housing than their counterparts. Those include income deficits, stigma, and a need for comprehensive community services. That's where Coretta Jackson comes in. I've come into situations where I've had clients that have not had psychotropic medications in 7, 8, 9, 12 months. They know their triggers. um, They know what their limits are in terms of socialization. I had one client that told me I, he asked the, the shelter staff, like, I need to stay in my room until I get my meds. I don't need to be around people. It's not going to be good. They didn't listen. I currently don't know where this man is. And you're listening to WGLT's Sound Ideas. Golchera Hoja hadn't seen her family in years until they turned up on Chinese state TV. After many years, I saw their face. I was just happy to see them. Her own mother had been brought on TV to denounce her. A Uyghur woman's story on the next Morning Edition from NPR News.
Listen tomorrow from 4 to 9 a.m. on WGLT 89.1 FM and WGLT.org. This is Sound Ideas on WGLT. I'm John Norton. Reporter Lauren Warnicke spent a day in the life of Bloomington Normal Community Health Worker Coretta Jackson. She assists unhoused individuals with receiving health care. Right before lunch, Jackson drove to Arcadia Care Bloomington. That's a nursing home where Parrish Phillips is recovering from hip replacement surgery. Yeah, and I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing good behaving. Yeah. Yeah. Not running down the hallways. Not yet. Not yet. But it's on its way. I know you're I'm ready. I'm here. <laughs> Phillips is from St. Louis. He first came to Home Sweet Home Ministries in October. He couldn't walk without severe pain and used a cane or walker all of the time. When Mr. Phillips first met Coretta Jackson, he had two main goals. One, get a hip replacement. And two, find a place to live. He wants to be able to play with his grandkids, and he wants to do it in his own home. We visited Mr. Phillips on his final follow-up appointment with Coretta. Three weeks into that, uh, at Home Sweet Home, I met, uh, they had a program for, that I think uh, uh, Coretta come through and she uh, advocate for us to get uh, uh, insurance, Medicaid period, Medicare, uh, you know, she advocate for us and she went to bat for me. They had me on phone for, on, line, on hold for about ooh, two and a half hours, but she stood there. And I mean, she held her phone open for about two hours. So, uh, and they finally got on the line and the application went through. And I was able to get the surgery. That's the main thing. That's what I'm getting at. I was able to get the surgery. And I guess not yet, but the rest is history. So this was somebody that was in medical limbo needing a hip replacement surgery. Coretta Jackson. So that two, I think it was, it wound up being two hours and 47 minutes. (laughs) Mr. Phillips had his cell phone with one number we were told to call. I had two cell phones with two different numbers. We were literally trying to navigate, just trying to figure out who is insuring this man. And it took that whole time. And by the end of that conversation, and I did send that email too, to that woman supervisor, because she went like super above and beyond to find his application and then push it through for it to be approved and for him to be insured before that phone call was over. I don't meet resistance all the time in the medical world, right? This is somebody who essentially has a heart similar to mine because she kept saying, she said, don't worry, we're going to get you insured. She said, either Medicaid is going to pick this up or Medicare. And at the end of that conversation, it was both. Yes. And she did exactly what she said she was going to do. That's all we needed was the clearance to know that, okay, he's insured, so we're going for the gusto. So now it was time to start putting the pieces of the puzzle together. But while we were putting the pieces of the puzzle together to get his hip surgery, it wasn't a simple process of going. Wait, I'm, look, no, no, because I haven't. I'm able to do this. I have not. Yo, I haven't seen. This is the first time I've seen this. Like Phillips stood up and with a spring in his step that could perhaps even be characterized as swagger. He took a stroll around the room. I have not seen him stand up like this. Yes. This is literally a first time he's seeing this, y'all. Like, thank you. I want to thank you. I, other than that, I'm able to stand here and tell you that with with the compassion that she had in advocating for me, I'm able to 
show her and it's a surprise to her that I'm able yeah, to do this and I'm so happy to show her that through you I'm able to do this thank you yes thank you oh oh don't forget this don't forget this moments like this are what keep Coretta Jackson motivated to keep advocating for her clients but she knows that there is a long way to go the problem comes where you deal with unhoused people. So when you think about somebody that's transient, are they gonna get that phone call for that reminder doctor's appointment? Doctor's offices have told me plenty of times that my patients or clients can't come back to see them because they didn't respond to the letter that they were sent. Where did you send the letter, ma'am? Let's keep in mind this person is unhoused. So that's where those biases come into play. You can't automatically assume because you've made three phone calls, sent a text message, and sent two letters that this person has received any of these communications. You can't just say, well, they ignored our emails, calls, and letters. This person is transient, they're unemployed. Your letter is probably the last thing on their mind. They're not checking their mail at paths. <laughs> they're not checking their mail at paths for a letter from their doctor's office. They're checking their mail at PATH to see if their Social Security disability benefits were approved. They're checking their mail at PATH to see if they got approved for the department. They're checking that mail to see if somebody has found them a psychiatrist. Consider where people are. We love to say, let's meet people where they are, but medically and Bloomington normal. If we're meeting people where they are, then we need to take a few more steps. There are silver linings. According to Jackson, Parrish Phillips is healing faster than anticipated, and he, quote, relishes in being pain-free. He has several leads on an apartment in preparation for leaving the nursing home. And Amanda has secured steady employment. She has an upcoming appointment to establish a relationship with a primary care physician, too. Her goal is to eventually study geology and work for NASA. It's a passion she discovered while searching the Internet at the junction. I'm Lauren Warnicke. Chestnut Health is actively hiring additional community health workers. Anyone with a high school diploma or equivalent is eligible to apply and will receive on-the-job training. Do you have an inspiring story of good stuff happening here in Bloomington Normal? Well, we'd love to celebrate that local hero and WGLT's more of that, please. And if you have someone, just email us at news at WGLT.org. WGLT plans to expand coverage of mental health reporting in the coming months. It's through a collaboration with Report for America. Listen for more details here on WGLT's Sound Ideas. And that's the show today. WGLT Sound Ideas made possible in part by Bloomington Normal Audiology. I'm John Norton with extraordinary reporting today from our very own Lauren Warnicke. The show was produced today by Samantha Hill. This is 89.1 FM, WGLT and WGLT.org. Bloomington Normal's public media, part of the NPR network.